Good evening and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are the podcast. Yes. So, guys, before we get into this really fucked up story... Um, yes. It this is one that uh, Casper wanted to talk about, too. Actually, I gotta give it to Taylor. My friend Taylor oh, is actually okay. the one who was like... S-, she said, and I quote... Bro, you have to do an episode on the Long Island serial killer because I saw this thing where they were talking about it and it was insane. Maybe dude. she watched the thing that I watched. She probably did. I, bet. I think. Yep. All right. Well, um, we'll get into it. Here so I have to give it to Taylor. Thanks, Taylor, for your suggestion. So we 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 listen. You know, when you when you're like, you should yeah. do this. We listen. If there's ever ones that people want us to do, I'm like. For sure. We can get the info. We'll talk about it. And this one was an interesting one. Why is in my head right now that stupid TikTok trend? What's Libby thinking about? Oh my god, I don't know. But I've seen a few of those. And Why? Yeah. I know. Anyway, so a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. Hello, guys. Um, I know it's been a minute uh, that I have not posted anything about the lemon blueberry I apologize. I promise they are coming. I promise, I promise, I promise. I am hoping to get supplies sometime soon, hopefully this week, so I can bring them to you guys. But obviously everything will be posted on Instagram once um, it's available. But for now, all the new orders and customers, thank you so much. Um, I did a promotion on Instagram, so I'm thinking about doing another one because... I got a lot of really good feedback from that, and I was like, okay, this might be promising. So I'm going to reach out to do that again, um, especially when the new uh, scent arrives. Uh, Otherwise, if you guys want anything available, we've got still got the body cream, still got the tattoo wax, still have all the other bath bath bombs, couldn't get that out. Uh, sense available. I do love a good bath rom. Right, me too. Um, <laughs> Some of you don't know what roms are. <laughs> CD rom. <It's, laughs> right. Oh my goodness, that's taking it back. So, um, if you guys are interested, <laughs> calm your body down on all platforms, Instagram, uh, Etsy, just search for it, and um, thank you again. Free shipping on everything too. Calm your body down. Yeah. You had to like really get it from the nose. You, had to, like, had to... you know they're going on tour this summer. Wow. <laughs> wow. They are, um, they are. I just wanted to give a quick. Oh my bad. Uh, note. <laughs> I know people are gonna be like, wait, she didn't. She didn't do the fucking she didn't do the thing. My bad. Um, guys, real quick, I just wanted to say last week's episode. Um. I know we touched a lot more on the history of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. And typically, I don't, um, and I'm sure Casper probably feels the same. It's it's hard when you talk about hauntings in a lot of these places if you've never actually been there. And we do plan on going there, so obviously we're going to do a follow-up episode. But I do feel like we gave a lot of the history of the place that I was happy about, but probably not enough information about the hauntings themselves. Um... Hopefully, a lot of you have watched various ghost shows about it. If you haven't, I implore you, please, again, get Discovery Plus. It's so cheap. There really and is no reason not to. There have been so many ghost shows. Ghost Adventures has been there. But one main haunting that happens there was from a murder that happened. And a guy's head was stomped in by a uh, bedpost. 
So, oh. yeah, that happened. Um, that happened. So that was just one of many that we didn't get to talk about last week. But I finally got to watch those episodes, and I implore everybody to look into them because it's five. First of all, Discovery Plus is five bucks, five bucks a month, literally. And there's about, I think there was at least three or four different ghost shows that were on there that had all been to uh, Trans Allegheny Lunatic so Asylum paranormal shit and, on there. and got all types of evidence. And obviously, when we go next year, we're going to do a follow up episode. So I just wanted to say, if we didn't touch a lot on the hauntings. Sometimes um, it's hard to find again too, and sometimes it's hard to find for places corroborating like that. articles that talk about haunting specifically when it's in regards to sites like that. You'll find a lot about the history of the place, but typically, if and as not- we've talked about before, a lot of hauntings are not captured; they're personal, so that makes it even more difficult to find evidence um, to bring to you guys when we do episodes about places like that. That's why we always, like, if we happen to go there, we'd like to do follow-up episodes so we can share with you our personal experiences. But it's hard to find other things out there about other people's personal experiences sometimes. Um, Especially if they're not, like, Waverly Hills or the Lizzie Borden house. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Place like, like places that, that's that constantly that everybody knows about, that everybody goes to. trans any Lunatic Asylum just happens to be one of those that you will come across. Like I said, there's about three or four different shows on Discovery Plus that have sent paranormal teams there, have investigated, have discovered all types of evidence. And I really, I really, really, really implore everybody to just spend the five bucks, get Discovery Plus, watch those episodes, they are so fucking cool. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there um, before we get into the episode. But uh, yeah, um, we are going to be talking about the Long Island serial killer tonight, also referred to as the Gilco Beach Killer. Um, L-I-S-C is the acronym for Long Island serial killer. So LISC is used a lot. Um, but it's an unidentified suspected serial killer who's believed to have murdered 10 to 16 people over a period of nearly 20 years, mostly prostitutes, left on the shores, left in the areas of the south shore of Long Island, New York. Also, all the paranormal um, geeks are going crazy right now because Long Island and Mabel. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is Long Island's just not a great place. <laughs> apparent, well, in, in so many different aspects especially once we dig deep into this case so taylor had mentioned about a show um and if it's the same show i'm thinking i just wanted to mention it real quick because it's going to be brought up later um and again i'm i'm plugging discovery plus again investigation discovery aired um recently a show called unraveled long island serial killer it's an hour and a half long show um that's obviously without commercials if you're streaming it um, but it's also a seven, I believe, a seven-part podcast that was hosted by Billy Jensen and Alexis Linkletter uh, that specifically profiles the Gilco Beach Killer or, more popularly, the Long Island Serial Killer. It is a really great watch. I, If people are not able to and they happen to listen to podcasts or have listened to podcasts, um, I would like to in the future um, because... The show was really interesting and it was just really amazing. And um, once we get more into who it specifically targets as far as suspects, 
it will really really make you think and uh yeah it had me like yeah i at the end of it i was just like i'm pretty sure that's the one taylor watch i think i remember her talking about it was like oh my god um so the victims were found along the ocean parkway which is which is near a remote beach town actually two gilco and oak beach in sulfur county so um remember sulfur county because that will be brought up later Um, hey do you think that's near ocean avenue Probably. There's a place on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> I watch anything. Nice. Tell me you don't. Tell me you don't. Anytime you watch anything. Seriously. Anytime you watch anything about fucking Amityville because the goddamn house is on Ocean Avenue. Every fucking. I'm like, if I could find you now, things would get better. I'm like, yellow card. I love that song. I do too, but <laughs> son of a bitch, every goddamn time. Every time. Every time. Anything about Amityville when they say the house on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> do, 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 do. There's a place on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> Just like. They're talking about people being brutally murdered. <laughs> my fucking email. Like. <laughs> Why you gotta call out a bitch? <laughs> Listen, we're we gotta keep it light because we're about to go into. You guys shit. know you do, and all the ones out there, you know. Look, and if you haven't, you're going to now. Now it's in your fucking head. They're staying up all night. They're like now every time we watch anything about anime, they'll fuck. <laughs> it's so it's such a great song though because it, it like, is it's when a you. Song. When you play that song, tell me you don't roll your windows down and you jump back into the 90s. Tell me you don't. Look, it's like, um... It's like my emo... It's like Boys of Summer by the Ataris. Even though Don Henley's version is amazing, but the Ataris version... It had stuck on a Cadillac. Said, don't look back. You can never look back. Oh my god, everybody's like... I'm... (laughs) They're like... What the fuck? The millennials are like. This is Honestly, Don um, Henley's version I like better, only because my eighties. Well, see, I grew like, up Ooh. and I grew up with that one. But their version's really good it's too. It's really, really good. good. It's actually a very, very solid cover. I played it for my dad. He had never heard it. He loves the Eagles. He really liked it. I thought it was very good for I a cover, too. anyway. Yeah. It's different, but it's a good different. It doesn't take away from the. Because some covers, but then, <laughs> but then others are like. Okay. Now from okay. the bottom to the top, that's the that one. one is amazing. I get out fucking and I'm mom. That's the you one. know I think at that my one, funeral. I think my, <laughs> I think my mom like is the most epic <laughs> cover of all. I'm gonna walk, walk, walk the somewhere. I think it's official that it's become. I like it better than the original fucking song. <laughs> Honestly, so do <laughs> Celine. Celine's walk. Celine's WAP is better. I just spit on myself. I hope the real Celine Dion has Celine Dijon. <laughs> I'm so glad I told you that joke. I am too. My mom um, was talking, my sister was talking so about Celine Dion the other day, and I was like, Do you want some mustard? Celine Dijon. <laughs> they didn't get it, so I had to explain. <laughs> I was like, Celine Dion actually told this joke, which is why it makes it even funnier. She made a joke about her own name. That's why I said, I hope she is. <laughs> Like, I hope with that type of sense of humor, she's heard that version of WAP. And oh, she, she had, had to. Oh, have. she's had. Oh, come on. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's And I'm praying that I'm just like, I hope she does it at one of her shows and somebody captures it. Because that will be that, that will, will be, be the TikTok anthem. That will break TikTok. Do you understand? Do you understand how many songs I somebody listen to now her because of TikTok? <laughs> Do you understand how many songs I've went back I on Spotify and I'm like, do you remember Hello Goodbye song? Yeah. When you aren't the one who... I haven't heard that song in years and TikTok's like, remember this? And I was oh, like... they always hit you with these Whoa! Fucking, I like... like wow. I've heard where you sleep. Years. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm feeling attacked, TikTok. What are we doing? Some of them I will be attacked. I was like, whoa, where did this fucking... Can we talk about the mashups? That Dashri song with the... Uh... I was blown away. What could I say? With the Three Doors Down song? Yeah. That sounded yeah. so fucking good. Well, that was really good because I've seen I've seen Daughtry live and I've seen Three Doors Down. <laughs> well, so, I'm jealous as fuck. Well. Uh Three Doors Down was <laughs> you, really you went Three Doors Down was actually really good. I'm not gonna lie. I know they used to be my favorite band. People can like attack, but like they were good. They used to be my favorite band until I discovered Breaking Benjamin. And then Breaking Benjamin was my favorite band until I discovered Evanescence. And it's still Evanescence and Breaking Benjamin. You're like, it's just always going to be Evanescence. Evanescence. We're trying to keep things light, guys. It's going to Anyway, get, okay. It's going to get Back yucky. to Ocean Avenue. It's getting, it's getting yucky. It's going to get yucky. It's going to get yucky for so, a while. Um, where this area is in Long Island is specifically in Suffolk County. A lot of the bodies were found in and around uh, Gilgo Beach. So that's why the killer is it's also Gilgo. known as the Gilgo. It's Gilgo? It's Gilgo. It's with a G. Sorry. Uh, I will try. It's so hard. Especially when you do killer. For your Gilgo. There you go. Um, for your Gilgo. That'll make it easier for me to remember, actually. Um, but there's also uh, been areas in and around Jones Beach State Park in Nassau County as well in New York. Uh, the remains of four of the victims were found in December of 2010, while six more were found in March and April of 2011. Police believe the latter sets uh, predate the four bodies found in December of 2010. On May 9th of 2011, authorities surmised that two of the newest sets of remains might be the work of a second killer, um, this has been highly debated that there's been more than one killer. On November 29th, 2011, the police stated that their belief that one person is responsible for all 10 deaths. They also have concluded that the case of Shannon Gilbert, an escort who had disappeared before the first set of bodies was found, was not related. This is also something else that has been highly debated. Because if you look at a website listed by the Suffolk County Police Department, she is listed as one of the possible Long Island serial killer victims, even though her murder was determined, or her, I'm sorry, her death was determined. Um, it was, uh, I think, um, what do they call that? When it's like undeterminable circumstances, like where they die, we'll get into it, but like, that's also been something that's been really highly debated because her body was found in the same areas. It's just been a lot about that particular case we'll get into too. Um, so the current district attorney for Suffolk County, Thomas Spoda, um, or I'm sorry, the previous district attorney, Thomas Spoda, because he was fired for um, a lot of misconduct uh, during his time. It is clear that the area in and around Gilco Beach has been used to discard human remains for some time period. 
So let's jump into this madness. In May of 2010, Suffolk County Police were searching for Shannon Gilbert, which is the one that she, Becky was just referring to. Yeah. A 24-year-old woman from New Jersey who was working as an escort and was reported missing on May 1st of that year. She was last seen in the Oak Beach area after she ran from a client's house where her driver, Michael Pack, was waiting outside. In December 2010, a police officer and his dog on routine training exercise discovered the first body, the skeletal remains of a woman in a nearly disintegrated burlap sack. This discovery led to a search, and three more bodies were found two days later in the same area on the north side of the Ocean Parkway. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Richard Dormer said four bodies found in the same location pretty much speaks for itself. It's more than a coincidence we could have a serial killer. A few months later, in late March and early April of 2011, four more bodies were discovered in another area off the parkway near Oak Beach and Gilgo Beach. So folk police expanded the search area up to the, is it Nassau? Na- Nassau. Nassau. Because there's a Nassau Bahamas that I've been to, so I'm, <laughs> it's, it's Nassau. Uh, county border looking for more victims. On April 6th, Detective Lieutenant Kip, Kevin, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin? God, it's so hard not to be the count. Kevin? It's so hard not to. Of the... Nassau. Nassau. Ah. Like saw. 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 I got it. Saw. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, nailed it. I keep wanting to go Nassau. Because of the U, it mm-hmm. throws you off. Yeah. That his office will further explore and investigate any criminal activity which may be in close proximity to the recently discovered human remains found in Suffolk. Smith also said that Nassau County Police would be coordinating with Suffolk County and New York State Police on the investigation. Five days later, the search for more bodies began in Nassau County as an additional set of partial human remains was found, as well as a separate skull, bringing the potential total number of victims found to 10. On April 22nd, two human teeth were found about a foot from the skull. On June 16th, 2011, Suffolk County Police raised the reward from 5000 to 25000 the largest offered in the county's history for information leading to the arrest in the Long Island murders. On September 20th, police released composite sketches of two of the unidentified victims whose remains were found in March and April, an Asian male and a Jane Doe number six, as well as photos of jewelry found on the remains of a female toddler and her mother found on April 4th and 11th, respectively. The toddler's mother was reported as one of the sets of remains found in Nassau County on April 11th. Also on September 20th, the police revealed that the second sets of remains found in Nassau County on April 11th matched two legs found in 96 in a garbage bag that had washed up on Fire Island. As of September 22nd, 2011, the police had received over 1,200 tips via text, email, and phone since the beginning of the investigation. On November 29th of 2011, police announced that they believe one person is responsible for all 10 murders, and that person is almost certainly from Long Island. The serial killer theory that was related to common characteristics among the condition and forensic evidence related to the bodies. That's still always been up. For debate, though, if it was just one or more yes. serial killers involved, though. On December 13th, 2011, police announced that the remains of Shannon Gilbert were found in a marsh about half a mile from where she had disappeared. A week earlier, they had found some of her clothes and belongings in the same vicinity. Police believe that Gilbert accidentally drowned after stumbling into the marsh. Her mother disagrees. Gilbert was last seen banging on a resident's door and screaming for help before running off into the night. Gilbert made a 911 call that night saying she feared for her life. Her case is not considered open, but the police refuse to release her 911 call to anyone, even her own family's attorney, 
because they say it's because it's due to an ongoing investigation. Bullshit. Well, anyway. On December 10th, 2015, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Tim Seney announced that the FBI had officially joined the investigation. The day before, former police commissioner James Burke, who resigned in October, had been indicted for alleged police brutality and other issues. He was said to have blocked FBI involvement in the List case for years. A spokesperson for the FBI confirmed their official involvement. The FBI had previously assisted in the search for victims, but was never officially part of the investigation. It was proven that James Burke did block them. We will get more into him when we discuss an investigation discovery show, because a lot of signs point to him possibly being one, if not the lone perpetrator of the Long Island murders that he possibly could. I mean, who better to cover up a murder and get away with it than a cop or cops um, or a DA or others involved? Um, He will be one of the main suspects that we'll talk about because like I said, again, that documentary, which is just nailed it. Um, And there was just so much corruption. He kept rising up and up and up after so many things kept coming up about him that he rose all the way up to literally like she just said the chief of, he was the police commissioner and chief of police for Suffolk County. Like he rose so far up to the top and he was steeped in corruption. Anybody around him was steeped in corruption, um, threatened threats, all kinds of stuff that just a lot of signs point to this guy. If not, the killer at least won or knew about it or something. I saw the sign. I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, on September 12th of 2017, Suffolk County Prosecutor Robert Brancavia from the county DA's office announced that John Bitrolf, a carpenter from Manorville, Long Island, who was convicted in May 2017 and sentenced in September in the homicides of two prostitutes in 93 and 94, was a suspect in at least one of the list murders. Bitroff had been linked to the 1990 murders, whoa, to the 1990s murders by DNA. The police made no comment as the list homicide investigation is active. In June 2019, a proposal was made to use genetic genealogy to identify the unidentified victims and possibly the killer. On January 16, 2020, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Geraldine Hart released images of a belt that was found at the crime scene with the letters HM or WH. Depending on which way the belt was looked at. <laughs> Wombo. Right. He, with she, me. Wombo. Um, embossed in the black leather. The belt was found during the initial investigation near Ocean Parkway and Gilgo Beach. Police believe the belt was handled by the perpetrator and did not belong to any of the victims. The police revealed few details regarding this piece of evidence and would not comment on exactly where the belt was found. And that's also the first piece of evidence in almost a decade that they've released about the case. Mm-hmm. It was also announced that new scientific evidence was being used in the investigation that they had launched gilgonews.com, a website enabling the police to share news and receive tips regarding the investigation. In May of 2020, the identity of Jane Doe number six, J- whoa, Jane Doe number six had been confirmed, but her name was not released. On May 28th of 2020, she was identified as Valerie Mack, who also went by the name of Melissa Taylor. So when we go into um, identities of the killer, the media had speculated about a profile of the killer referred to police by police as Joe C., According to the New York Times, it is most likely that a white male 
in his mid-20s to mid-40s who is very familiar with the south shore of Long Island and has ac access to burlap sacks, which he uses to hold the bodies for disposal. He may have detailed knowledge of law enforcement techniques mm. and perhaps ties to law enforcement, mm. uh, which have thus far helped him avoid detection. Newsday reporters speculated that serial killer Joel Rifkin, who was a former resident on Long, on Long Island, may have been responsible for some of the older remains found in March and April of 2011. Four of the victims' complete bodies were never found. In an April 2011 prison interview with Newsday, Rifkin denied having anything to do with the recently discovered remains. That was always something that was really interesting that Casper and I did talk about, was that there was never any, like... I feel like that was definitely a motive to where a lot of them, you didn't find the head, you know, obviously we won't get into gruesome details when we discuss no. the victims, but most of them, there wasn't a full body found. I will say, you know, obviously if you want to go on Wikipedia, which we use as a source or any way else, it'll go more into the gory details, but a lot, and we, we covered a couple of them, but really it was, I'll, I'll mention partial remains, but I think that a lot of it, they thought that they wouldn't get away with it if you don't find a head because that's always the most obviously the most identifying factor to who the person to who the person would be. Um so we're going to start talking about some of the people uh who was persons of interest in as far as being the Long Island killer, possible potential um, suspects. I'm going to yeah. talk about some of them and then Becky actually is going to get real in depth about James Burke who was the one that we had pretty much just talked about um in the previous yes yeah. so first of all you know we have mentioned this name before john bitroff uh on september 12th of 2017 suffolk county prosecutor robert bianca villa said that john um was convicted of two pro prostitutes and suspected in the murder of a third and at least one of the list murders Bianca Villa stated that Bitroff was likely responsible for the deaths of other women and that there were similarities between the Gilgo Beach crime scenes and Bitroff's known murders, for which he was convicted in May of 17 and sentenced in September. He was arrested in 2014, linked by DNA found on two prostitute homicide victims, Rita Tangretti and Colleen Mac McNamee, whose bodies, bodies, bodies were found in 1993 and 94, respectively. The match had been made through DNA submitted by his brother, who was convicted in 13 in another related case. Vitroff was convicted in May 17 of these murders and in September sentenced to consecutive terms of 25 years for each murder. The Suffolk County Police did not comment on the prosecutor's statement due to the active homicide investigation of list murders. So sorry. The Suffolk County Police did not comment on the prosecutor's statement due to the active homicide investigation of list murders. Bitroff's attorney rejected the prosecutor's assertion. A married carpenter, Bitroff had lived in Manorville, three miles from other torsos of Lisk victims Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack were discovered or recovered. Bianca Villa said that Bitroff was a hunter who was said to enjoy the killing of animals. The grown daughter of Rita Tangretti, one of Bitroff's known victims, was reported to be quote-unquote best friends with Melissa Bartholomew one of the Gilgo Beach victims. Bartholomew's mother said that her daughter Melissa had a lot of calls to Manorville from her phone before her death. Joseph Brewer, an Oak Beach, Beach, an Oak Beach resident, was one of the last people to have seen Shannon Gilbert alive. He hired her as an escort from Craigslist on the night of her disappearance. Brewer said that shortly after Gilbert arrived at his residence, she began acting erratically and fled into the night. 
Gilbert was reportedly seen running through Oak Beach, pounding on the doors of homes in Brewer's neighborhood around this time. Gilbert called 911, saying they were trying to, excuse me, kill her. However, police did not find any evidence of wrongdoing, and Brewer was quickly cleared as a suspect. Dr. Peter Hackett, two days after Gilbert's disappearance, he um, was actually a neighbor of Brewer, called the woman's mother, Mary Gilbert. She later recounted that he said he was taking care of Gilbert and that he, quote-unquote, ran a home for wayward girls. Three days later, he called the mother again, denying that he had any contact with her daughter and that he had called Mary Gilbert. Investigators later confirmed through the phone records that Hackett called Mary twice following the disappearance. The marshy area where Gilbert's remains were found was also noted as near Hackett's backyard. Gilbert's family filed a wrongful death suit against Hackett on November 12th, claiming that he took Gilbert into his home that morning and administered drugs to her, facilitating her death. Later, police revealed that Hackett had a history of inserting himself into or exaggerating his role in certain major events. Police later ruled out Hackett as a suspect in the deaths of Gilbert and the Lusk victims. And a lot of people will do that. I mean, that happened in... um, And really, a lot of it's... A lot of times, it's really not even a lot of times, every time these people have severe mental disorders, whether they've been diagnosed or not. It happened in the John Bonet Ramsey case. I mean, and that really fucked the case up. Remember that one guy and like went overseas to Thailand or somewhere fucked up they found him? I mean, that threw that threw such a wrench in the fucking case because this guy lied so much. I mean, when it because some of these people will go into such detail to find as much information about the case as possible that it's it's almost um believable and it and it really throws the case off and really just uh, yeah it just causes so many more problems than anything and these are definitely people like i said who whether they've been diagnosed or not have some type of mental disorder where they literally need this type of attention that they actually seek these type of cases out um, and, and go to such lengths to find, to research about them that they, they just, they actually will get so involved that it'll throw off, uh, the cases. And I'm sure that's exactly, you know, that exact sounds exactly like what happened with this guy. I mean, going as far as finding her, her mother's phone number and terrorizing her sir. mother like that. It's like, what sir. the fuck? Sir. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, two days after Shannon Gilbert's remains were found, James Bissett took his own life while in his car at the Mattituck Park. Mattituck Park. He ran a nursery, which was the main supplier of burlap in the region. So those were all of the suspects besides Mr. James Burke, which I will let Becky take over. So, um, again, like I mentioned, that... Um... Investigation Discovery documentary that I watched on Discovery Plus that is also the seven-part uh, podcast um, goes into a lot of detail, not only about the <laughs> Long Island serial killings, but also a lot about James Burke and um, his corruption as a cop and all of the other corruption that happened in the Suffolk County Police Department and the Suffolk County DA's office. Um, I mean, it just completely ran rampant with um corruption and this this whole part is why this investigation is so interesting like this this whole 
corruption shit is exactly why because you guys are probably like well this just sounds like any other like you know serial killer no wait till you hear all this crazy ass bullshit so this article that we've been you know so far using wikipedia but this particular article um was just from this past year in march by a woman named uh kriti uh marotra uh for cinemaholic uh called it's entitled where is james burke now um, so it starts off by saying, true crime fanatics know the podcast are ideal for learning about a myriad of murders, kidnapping, assaults, and survivor cases. If you're like us and prefer to know all the details about the matter at hand, the suspect's backgrounds, and the impact of the case as it stands today, then trust us, Investigation Discoveries Unraveled, the Long Island Serial Killer podcast is the one for you. It is hosted by Billy Jensen and Alexis, uh, Alexis, Alexis Linkletter. That sounds like medicine. I actually... But, you know, I mean, that would be kind of a cool name, Would you too. like an Alexis? And that would be kind of a cool name, too. But I feel like the kid would be kind of pretentious. Um, I feel like <laughs> so, someone would be like, were they trying to name you Alexis? Or? Like, no, it's Alexis. Um, hosted by Billy <laughs> Alexis, <laughs> I'm Alexis. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. Um, <laughs> Alexis. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're very nice. This <laughs> show profiles the Long Island serial killer, also known as the Gilgo Beach serial killer. Um, there's also one, and I don't want to mention this because I feel like we just did the one about the Craigslist killer. And a lot of these, a lot of prostitutes are known to have used uh, Craigslist. So I, I have not used this, but this has been another name that's used. But I don't want to confuse that because we did just one about the Craigslist killer. So we'll just stick with Long Island serial killer Lisk or the Gilgo Beach killer. Um, so again, they're profiling this case, uh, like we mentioned before. Um, although numerous suspects have been identified in the last few years, including James Berg, no arrests have been made. So now we're going to find out more about James Berg. He is a former Suffolk County police chief who got shrouded in accusations of being involved in the Long Island serial killings after rumors of his prior involvements with local sex workers came to light, placing him at a possible crime scene. But before we delve into that, we should mention his long career in law enforcement. This is very important. When he, he started off as an inspector and a commanding officer for Suffolk County's Organized Crime Bureau before the DA appointed him to chief starting from January 2012. From then, the investigations into the Long Island serial killer list apparently started getting murky. After all, James refused to let the FBI examine the killings. Remember we talked about this before as he blocked a lot of them. He blocked the FBI from getting involved in the cases. Um, and mind you, so he was appointed chief in January in 2012. And it was December of 2011 that they found those four bodies. From then, <laughs> listen, so as per the New York Post. It's seeming rather sus. An agent believes the reason for this was the chief's already fraying relationship with the Bureau for having assaulted Christopher Loeb. This is where Christopher Loeb gets involved because he actually knew Alexis. And that's kind of where the start of the documentary goes. Um, at the time, Christopher was an admitted heroin addict and he had broken into James's... Uh, sorry, shoot. My screen went all crazy and I lost my place. Um... He had broken into James's department-issued SUV to steal his duffel bag. When the Smithtown native was brought into custody, he was tied to the floor and violently beaten by James. In the podcast, Christopher claimed that the duffel bag contained sex toys, pornography, and what he deemed to be snuff films 
that were linked back to James. It actually goes into depth that some of these reviewed that they actually believe were snuff films involved. Um, in 2016, James Burke was sentenced to 46 months in federal prison after pleading guilty to depriving a person of civil rights and conspiracy to commit obstruction of justice in connection to the Christopher Loeb case. That same year, an escort also came out to pose allegations against him. She said that back in 2011, she partied with James at an unknown Oak Beach home. They interviewed her on the documentary about this. this they were able to find that this home was in line to where all of the bodies of the victims were found. They engaged in what she referred to as consensual, but very, very, very rough sex. According to her, that, this, that there were various drugs at the place and she saw him use cocaine various times. There were also claims, these claims were also significant as it puts James in the same area, like I mentioned, of where the victims had disappeared. Um, it's also mentioned, and I don't know if, okay, it doesn't look like they go over this in this article or the um, Wikipedia article, but prior to him being um, promoted as well, there was a woman that was arrested that admitted that she was a prostitute that had been seeing James Burke and uh, that they would engage in sex in his in his cop car on the and like they did drugs and everything together and he admitted that they were in a relationship but he didn't know that she did drugs even though every time she was arrested she was arrested at the Suffolk County Police Department where he worked this made front page news in news articles and he was still promoted and the DA that I mentioned. How long has this been going on? And that former DA, Thomas Spoda, that I mentioned, because of Christopher Loeb, not only did James go down, Thomas Spoda went down because he also got indicted for corruption and he lied. He, I don't know if it was a lie or what, but his reasoning for why he knew that James Burke was corrupt and this idiot said that he let it go for two years because there was an ongoing investigation against him and the entire Suffolk County Police Department. So if they did anything to try to bring incriminating charges against him, that it would throw off the entire case, which I think is a bold-faced fucking lie. And he said that just to save face. But anyway. Um, so I want to note real quick in the Wikipedia, it doesn't mention this in the, in this particular article that also back in 2011, prior to his promotion, um, it was stated that Burke was seen at another one. Oh, this, I think this was the same. This was a different party that, uh, sex worker, that escort that we mentioned that was interviewed for the documentary. She said that at a different party, um, he was seen dragging an Asian looking woman by the hair to the ground. She had stated that the woman did, however, think that he was being playful rather than violent. She said that what she saw for the second time, um, oh no, 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 that was during what happened to her. So the first time she saw him, he had yanked and violently drug an Asian woman, even though she acted like it was playful. Then the second time around, he was violent towards her, even though she said it was consensual. Um, and again, all this was in 2011 prior to him being, uh, 
promoted also in 2011 was when this whole relationship with the sex worker came about that they did drugs together and he admitted to the relationship and not the drug use which is so fucking weird but in 2015 before he was sentenced to the severe 46 months um i don't think that's severe enough to the 46 months along with three years of supervised release he resigned plus according to the federal bureau of prison records he was released from behind bars as of 2019 as far as we know, he is now following his relief requirements by regular meeting with promote, regularly meeting with his probation officer and providing them with his monthly income and expense statements. Along with that, as he hasn't been faulted, we assume that he is also cooperating with authorities when required. Um, when Alexis and um, Billy went to his home, Billy, he said that he didn't live there. You guys just have to watch it. Uh, they tried but to contact his lawyer. Here. They tried to contact his lawyer, and his lawyer kind of almost sort of threatened them. It's just there's. I did not have sex with that woman. There's a lot that's going on with this guy that I'm telling you just points the finger at him in so many different instances, and I would not be. I personally think there's more than one killer, and I definitely, definitely think he's involved. Um, he has not made any public statements or appearances. Uh, since he was released of course it was reported by a source that he has decided on he has not decided on any plans but to take several months to relax i don't want to i don't give a fuck um who even though his voting in the summertime who gives a flying i hope fuck? you drown i hope you drown how even though his <laughs> reputation is taking a hit especially with a vice article Calling him a sex-obsessed narcissist Heaven. and middle-aged bachelor with a vulgar <laughs> disregard for social niceties. The facts remain that there is no concrete evidence that tie him to the serial killings and he remains innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Listen, well, I'm the a court of public opinion say he's a fucking asshole and uh, I, I think he'd... I still... I just... I think with all that's involved and for as long that it was involved i think more than one person and i but i definitely think that all of them were involved or were a part of either the sulfa county police department or some type of high-ranking officials the home um i don't want to give any more away about this documentary because i'm telling you guys it's an hour and a half and it's such a quick easy watch and there is just so much fucking information that just points to nothing literally but downright corruption in and around this time in the Sulphur County Police Department and it all leads back to him and he just continually got promoted up and up and up he threatened officers his oh my god I feel like so many of them had dirt on one another that they just didn't want to, you know what I mean? That That's why it further leads me to think, and again, going back to what I said, who could better cover up murders than cops? And it would make perfect sense that so many of them were working together and like, well, I got shit on you because you did this and I got shit on you because you did this. It just, it that just fucking makes happens total in the sense. Workplace. All the time. All that's, the time. That shit. I spit again. I got dirt on you. You got dirt on me. Fucking, I mean, it happens I will, all the time. I will tell if you don't. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what type of evidence that they have. You know, we're not going to get into all that. I could take forever as far as, you know, like we mentioned, what type of evidence that they have that could substantiate that it was just one killer. And it possibly could have. I mean, shit, there was, Ted Bundy had how many? 30-something or more? 
I get it that one person over time is capable of multiple murders, but this specific one, I just think with all of the corruption in and around that specific police department, and I promise you that documentary delves into a lot. I don't want to give too much away because I feel like I have enough already and you really need, guys really should watch it. Um, I just think it substantiates more that there would be more than one involved. Maybe not even so much in the killings, but def definitely in the dismemberments and somebody else do. of the body. Somebody so, else somebody, so there could be these things like where they mention it, possibly somebody else was involved with John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, because like James Burke could be just the number one person doing the killings, but there would, could be, or, or would be someone else involved in helping or being the one that did the dismemberment and disposal of the body. Yes. Because that's always done faster in those type of cases with more than one person involved. And it, it was also shown that the murders were also done. Uh, it says, because like it says here where we get into the victims, the bodies were uh, dumped. Um, they were killed elsewhere. So they were killed somewhere else and then dismembered and disposed of not where they were originally murdered. So that's what leads me more into believing that it was more than one person involved. And it would make sense too, because that's a lot. This is going to sound fucking awful, but that's a lot of work. So you, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like you, I'm not saying one person can't do it. Right. But the odds of it only being one person, I feel like are slim. Well, and I just think with the, again, like I mentioned, not a lot of murders not a lot of tracks are covered as far as the disposal of a body by dismembering the body, right. like purposefully getting rid of parts of the body that would distinguish, that would distinguishly, that would distinguish the body from anyone else, the head, something that's very identifiable. It's like they're this particular person or persons are going out of their way to make the body unidentifiable by just finding parts uh that would make it difficult like there's two victims that we're going to mention that are only referred to by the tattoos that they have because uh hey all the more reason to get more fucking tattoos i'm telling you that's the number one fucking way you're going to be identified I have a lot. Ain't nobody gonna have this. Ain't nobody Come gonna, on, look, ain't nobody gonna have, a, have look, this. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to do some you're gonna do some work with mine. <laughs> you can dismember all you motherfucking want, but every part Sophia's arm every part's covered with a fucking tattoo and it's gonna be like well. Is that, that a skull hand? That one's that, that's that her one's hand. that one's her hand. Damn it. Especially like me and your husband. We're gonna fucking know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I know I know. Everyone will know this hand. You're this hand be, is this hand is a uh, one of there's a kind. Just be, there's just gonna be too much work, so you know, just don't bother. <laughs> just don't. Bother. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm sorry. Definitely, Becky's you straight hand. Straight up sounded like a cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Let me be Hazel. Well, hello, Hazel. How was your day? Oh my god, it was so cute. So my roommate went outside 
And she oh was just God, sitting outside. Best. And uh, That's the fucking best. she let BB go out there. But, you know, BB's a fucking dumbass and tried to, you know, wanted to jump, just leap. <laughs> like the fucking rat. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. That's the greatest thing I've ever um, seen in my life. So she's like, no. And then she put BB back in, and then Hazel came out, and Hazel just sat down right next to her, right by the chair. And I said, that's because Hazel's obsessed with you and inside your asshole. But she loves her mama. Anyway, so let's we're going to get into the victims now. So this is a very serious time because we usually like to talk. You know, we we talk about the killers and you know what they do and what they not everything they do because sometimes it's just too much um but this really happened to people this really happened to somebody's mom this really happened to somebody's sister somebody's brother somebody's dad you know aunt uncle it it, it really happened and we like to pay homage to the victims and the victims families because it's just it's just respectful and also, a lot of these women were, um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with this whatsoever, because it doesn't matter. These were someone's children. They had families that cared about them. They had friends and people that cared about them. But a lot of these women were, se- a lot of these women were sex workers, or also referred to as prostitutes, whatever you want to call them. But um, they were treated like less than and i feel like and so we've done so many podcasts about i mean starting all the way back to uh fucking jack the ripper where so many women that are in a line of work that really is their own business and now with there being safeguards in place it's their own fucking business and not to mention the fact that completely bastardized and demonized because of it and not even but but worse than that they're fucking murdered by sadistic psychopaths that think that just because they're getting paid to have sex that that makes them deserving of being brutally beat oh my god i was watching one the other day about this fucking guy and i had turned the shit off because they were going into just way too much detail about what he did to these women and i was like prostitute sex worker or not i you don't i wouldn't do this you wouldn't do this to a fucking dog let alone a, a human being a person with a soul somebody's fucking child like you it was just disgusting and i just feel like it's so sickening just in societal societally period but like just with a lot of these fucking sadistic, psychopathic serial killers, I think it's okay because these women have chosen this profession, um, which is their own personal adult choice, that it's within their right to brutalize these women, to beat these women, to murder these women, to literally take their life and then desecrate their remains in such a disgusting way that you are oh my god you're not even a fucking troll you're you're in you're demonic you're inhuman like you you're i don't there's like no words for that type of person and um also can we just stop demonizing people who work in the sex industry can we just stop doing like that? and it's disgusting because i was judgmental at one time i, I was I'm, too i totally was and i'll be the first one to admit Absolutely. for anybody out there that wants to throw shade well we know well yeah of course you fucking know because you was judgmental too and i'm sure you still are but my fucking views and opinions have changed that's why Mine people well. grow what 
people grow. People people can grow. Um, <laughs> we change. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was really, that was good. really good. Holy shit! Why was that? Are you okay? Wise. <laughs> you okay? That was good. I was worried. I was like, "Do you need some water?" Because that was amazing. I am as shocked as to how good that sounded. I'm proud of you. Um, I'm proud of you. That no, was but what I was going to say is, you know, I used to be judgmental too until I heard the story of this woman talking about that that was the only line of work she could do and she literally did it to feed her children. I have no right to ever judge anybody for anything that they do. That was the day where I was like, you're a fucking asshole. Oh my god. This woman's literally just doing it to feed her children. There's women that do it because they want to become doctors and or want to earn a PhD and they know it's outrageous to pay for that or they don't want to be stuck with student loans the rest of their life. So they do it to better themselves. There's women that do it because they feel empowered by their bodies. So they feel like that's that to them as an empowering symbol by showing their body. There's a variety of different yep. reasons, but any one of those reasons are completely valid. and totally valid. And it's not for anyone to judge. And it's damn sure not for anyone to take upon themselves to play righteous and decide that that person deserves to die because they're not living what you deem a, a just life what kind of life are you fucking living if you're a goddamn serial killer like the fuck like i'm gonna drop a bomb <laughs> you dropped a bomb on me i'm gonna drop a bomb on y'all right now stop being entitled we ain't entitled to shit just stop it none of us and i feel stop like stop it yeah just stop just stop, stop it get some help <laughs> Okay, anyway. That was amazing. I'm going to go into these victims. Uh, we're not going to go into a terrible detail. Um, it, if you want to know all the details, you can find all of the details on Wikipedia. It was in the great depths, but we we don't like to go very far deep into detail because I think, if I remember correctly, we did a little bit on the Ted Bundy one, and that fucked me up. I know we didn't on the podcast. The Dahmer one, I think we did we, too, Yeah, but it, that one's kind of like, I feel like that one just has been common knowledge for right. so long. So the 10 bodies or sets of remains found since late 2010, the four discovered in December 2010, have been identified as missing, missing, missing prostitutes who all advertise their services on Craigslist. It has been theorized by a former investigator on the case that the killer shopped for a look-alike victim through Craigslist ads. Each had been strangled and her body wrapped in a burlap sack before being dumped along the Gilgo Beach. All are believed to have been killed elsewhere. Maureen Brainard Barnes, 25, of Norwich, Connecticut, went missing on July 9th, 2007. Her body was found December 2010. Melissa Bartholomew, 24, of Erie County, New York, went missing on July 10th, 2009. Her body was found in 2010. Megan Waterman, 22, of South Portland, Maine, went missing on June 6, 2010. Her body was recovered in December of 2010. Amber Lynn Costello, 27, of North Babylon, New York, went missing on September 2, 2010, and her body was discovered late 2010. The four sets of remains discovered on March 29th and April 4th were all within two miles and to the east of those found in December. They included two women, an Asian man wearing women's clothing, and a toddler. 
A skull and partial set of remains were found on April 11th after the search expanded into Nassau County. Nassau. Sorry. County. They were found about one mile apart, approximately five, five miles west of those found in December. Jessica Taylor, 20, most recently of Manhattan, went missing in July of 20, 2003. On July 26, 2003, her partial remains were found and the remains were identified by DNA analysis later that year. On March 29th, more remains that 2011, more remains that were found were identified on May 9th belonging to Taylor. First of all, the fact that ha part of her was found in 2003 and part of her was found in 2011 is absolutely sickening. Remains that were found, yeah. Uh, Valerie Mack, 24, most recently of Philadelphia, was previously dubbed Manorville Jane Doe and Jane Doe number six. Part of her remains were found on April 4th, 2011. The rest of her body had been found over a decade earlier on November 9th, 2000, 19th, 2000 in the same part of Manorville where most of Jessica Taylor's remains were discovered. In September of 2011, police released a composite sketch of Jane Doe number 6. On May 28, 2020, it was announced that the remains had been identified as Mac, who had last been seen by family in the spring of summer of 2000 in the area of Port Republic, New Jersey. An identified Asian male discovered on April 4, 2011. In September of 2011, Police released a composite sketch of the victim. They stated that he had likely been working as a prostitute and was wearing women's clothing at the time of his death. He was between 17 and 23 years of age, 5'6 in height and missing four teeth. He had been dead for five, between 5 to 10 years and is believed to have lived as a woman, perhaps being killed when the killer found out he was not a biological female and to have some kind of musculoskeletal disorder which would have affected his gait. Peaches, Jane Doe number three, or on June 28th, 1997, the remains of an unidentified young African-American female was found at Hempstead Lake, Lake State Park in the town of Lakeview, New York. Investigators reported that the victim had a tattoo of a heart-shaped peach with a bite out of it and two drips falling from its core on her left breast. On April 11, 2011, people, police in Nassau County discovered dismembered skeletal human remains inside a plastic bag near Jones Beach State Park, nicknamed Jane Doe number 3. DNA analysis identified this victim as the mother of Baby Doe. She was found wearing gold jewelry similar to that of her daughter. In December 2016, Peaches and Jane Doe number 3 were positively identified as being the same person. Also, on April 11, 2011, at nearby Tobey Beach, the partial remains of Jane Doe number seven, Fire Island Jane Doe, were found. These remains were linked by DNA testing to a set of severed legs found in a garbage bag on Fire Island April 20th of 96. The victim had a surgical scar on her left leg. <clears throat> These additional cases have not been officially linked to the other 10 bodies, but are being reviewed by police. 19-year-old Tina Foglia was last seen in the early morning hours of February 1st of 1982 at a rock music venue in West Islip? Was it? Is, is slip? Is slip? Yeah, okay. Is, is slip. I was like, yeah. Is slip? Uh, she was a known hitchhiker. Her dismembered remains were discovered by Department of Transportation workers on February 3rd along the shoulder of the Southern State Parkway. On March 3rd, 2007, a suitcase containing the dismembered remains of an unidentified Hispanic or light-skinned African-American female washed up on a beach at Harbor Island Park in the town of Mamaroneck. 
The victim had a tattoo of two cherries on her left breast, similar in appearance to the tattoo found on Peaches. Never identified, the victim is referred to as cherries by investigators. Cherries was discovered in a fashion similar to three other victims, Jessica Taylor, Valerie Mack, and Peaches, meaning she may be linked to the other official victims. On May 17th of 2011, the New York Post reported that Long Island police were visiting other similar unsolved murders of prostitutes. Named in the article was Tanya Rush, 39, a mother of three from Brooklyn, whose dismembered body was found in a small suitcase in June 2008 on the shoulder of the Southern State Parkway in Beaumont, New York. Shannon Maria Gilbert, October 24th of 86 to May 1st, 2010, was an escort who may have been a victim of the Long Island serial killer. She left for a client's residence in Oak Beach after midnight Oak Beach after midnight on May 1st, 2010. At 4.51 in the morning, 911 dispatchers received a panic phone call from Gilbert, who could be heard saying there was someone after her and that they were trying to kill her. She was last seen a short time later banging on the front door of a nearby Oak Beach residence and screaming for help before running off into the night. After 19 months of searching, police found Gilbert's remains in a marsh half a mile from where she was last seen. In May of 2012, the Suffolk County Medal examiners ruled that Gilbert accidentally drowned after entering the marsh. They believe that she was a drug-induced panic and have concluded that her death was by misadventure or inconclusive. Her family believes... Yeah, misadventure or inconclusive. That's what I was trying to say before, which is just... Her family believes she was murdered, and I believe she was murdered. There's just way too much evidence. Everything fits with the same M.O. as the rest of the murders. It's in the same exact area. And I just, for the, the life of me, don't understand. Call. I just don't understand why they're being so, why the police department themselves is being so secretive about it. Not releasing the 911 tape, saying it's, it's a part of an investigation. If her cause of death has already been ruled, then that means her case is closed. So why would you say that anything can't come forward open to the public if her case is still a part of an ongoing investigation? And if you're also saying that she's not one of the potential victims, then why is her name and her face on that website that they released this year where they're asking for people to give any information regarding the murderers? Why is her face listed as one of the potential victims if she's not involved in any way and her case is closed and you've already ruled her cause of death? There is so much around her and, and who she could possibly finger in regards to not only her murder, but just these murders. And I think that's the biggest reason why the police is trying to cover hers up more than anybody else's. Uh, yeah, no, she was definitely murdered. There's, there's two, there's just too much evidence pointing to the fact that she was murdered. And let's just fuck off the 911 call. Let, that, that made that, whatever. Anyway, on January 23rd, 2013, a woman walking her dog found human remains intentionally buried in a small piece of brush in a sandy area along the shore at the end of Sheep Lane in Laddingtown near Oyster Bay. The remains are believed to be of a woman between the ages of 20 and 30, possibly Asian. She was wearing a 22 karat gold pig pendant, which may be a reference in some Asian cultures to the year of the pig. This leads some to believe she died at the age of 29. On March 16th, 2013, a 31-year-old woman, later identified as Natasha Hugo, was last seen leaving her home near Alley Pond Park, Queens. Her car was found along Ocean Parkway, and some of her clothes and belongings were found in the sand near Gogo Beach the following day. Hugo was described as 5'7 and 120 pounds, 
hold up. Five seven and 120 pounds, baby girl. Yeah. She little. Um, with brown eyes and blonde hair. She was last seen wearing a black robe, pink pajamas, gray hooded sweatshirt, black coat, black boots. Police aren't sure whether the case is connected to the Lisk victims. Hugo's family said she had a history of problems in which she thought people were following her. On June 24th, her body was washed up on Gilgo Beach. Literally, like, all of these people were around the same, in in the same vicinity of, like, everything happening. They were all... If you watch that documentary, it actually shows a map and it shows you where all the disappearances, um, or where all the bodies were found, rather... Um, all the ones that you just mentioned, I mean, it is all along the exact same area in Long Beach. It, it just, it, we're a, along uh, this shoreline between Long and Gilgo Beach. Um, yeah, it's just, it's all the same. And again, there is something specific about Shannon Gilbert's murder. A lot of, I think, ties back to James Burke and a lot of the corruption within the Suffolk County Police Department. And I think there's just something specifically about her, her murder. And I say murder because I believe it is. I, yeah, um, I, do too. I do as well. Because there's just too much. And it goes into a lot of that too when you, you know, when they talk about the, um, or it goes more into that as well in the documentary when they talk about her, her death. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I feel like the one that's just the most tragic is that the child. And I think, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times there's cases where a prostitute will have her child with her. Um, I think there was one like that in the case of the uh, Happy Face murders, the Keith Jesperson, uh, where a woman's child, you know, because a lot of these women, they don't have any you know, they don't I mean, have means of a babysitter. And, and they, you know, unfortunately they bring their child with them. And, um, that could have possibly been the case. I'm just saying, because that, that does happen. Um, but you know, whether it is or not, that just is so awful that not only do they find the remains of the child, but then they find the remains that they're able to link back later that the remains of the woman, this, this Jane Doe that they found was the mother of the, of the baby. So not only did it take them time to figure out who Peaches was, that they were able to figure out that Peaches was Jane Doe number three, but that uh, baby Doe was actually the daughter of uh, Peaches or Jane Doe number three. If that is a possible Long Island serial killer murder, because that's one of the ones um, where just partial remains were found. Um, uh, I don't think James Burke will ever talk. I don't think he'll ever say anything. I think, well, of course, he would. I think he'll wait till more evidence comes out, if it does in the future, and more gets pointed at him, um, before he'll be able to. You know, it, it's he's playing his cards right, and he's played them right up until now. I mean, except for a few things, obviously not everything, because he did ultimately get convicted and serve time. Not enough time, in my opinion, but he did serve time. Um, but there's just a lot of incriminating evidence against him. And I think there's going to be continued incriminating evidence to come out against him in the future and, uh, him and others involved. Cause I don't, I would say I, I don't, his hands aren't clean. No. And there's a lot of other members of the Sulphur County police department 
and just uh, higher ups in Sulphur County. I don't think their hands are clean either. That DA's hands weren't clean. I think there's many, many, many of them involved. Even if he's just the sole killer, other were involved with getting rid of the bodies or or just just anything. It, it's just I think it's a major crime ring, and I think they hide behind the fact Especially that Long Island is a is a is an area where people are affluent. This specific part of Long Island. Um, you know, they mentioned that in the documentary how there's only so many houses. It's kind of in a cul-de-sac. There's one way in, one way out. They're all very big, rich houses. This is a very, very affluent part of Sulphur County in Long Island. And these people have money and these people have power and they can hide behind it, especially if the fucking cops are crooked and the district attorney's office is crooked. They're going to get away with anything and everything that they want to. So, um... I just think it points more to that than anything. Because for this for this to go on as long as it has, especially if it goes, you think about it, if this goes back as long as it does, say if they're able to tie Peaches slash Jane Doe number three to this and her remains were found in 97, I mean, that's two decades that goes back. Not just the ones in 2010 that happened, but th this, go yeah, so... Yeah, this goes back 20 years. So it yeah, I mean there could be this could be a long list of 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 uh corruption. Like literally the song how officials. long has this been going on is like um, Lord. So just real quick there's uh, there's obviously over the years been many different shows and made for TV movies that have come out over the years regarding these murders. Um there's a four it was a 48 hours episode, um a 60 minutes uh, there was a movie called Lost Girls that came out in 2020. I that heard about that, but it. I didn't know that was inspired um, by it. So, so uh, Amy Ryan, who most of us know lovingly from The Office, um, she actually stars as uh, Mari Gilbert. So this movie specifically uh, details more about Shannon's murder and Shannon being connected to the Long Island serial killer murders, serial killings rather. Um, so this movie is is more tied to Mari's story about Shannon, but also tied to the killer and the other uh, victims involved. Um, there was a made-for-TV movie this past year called The Long Island Serial Killer, Mother's Hunt for Justice. Um, I think it's also about Mari uh but it stars um oh my gosh i'm trying to find the name of that actress uh kim delaney so uh kim delaney stars as uh mari in that in that particular one um another podcast besides the unraveled one that i talked about uh crime junkie did an episode about um the long island serial killer so yeah there's been various podcasts and uh numerous television shows and movies that have that have discussed it but um like i said i was really interested to talk more about this i know casper had mentioned it a while back but now after watching that documentary and i implore so many others to watch it on investigation discovery on discovery plus because it is really interesting and um again like we mentioned i it just it's very it would be very easy for police departments and government officials to be able to cover up murders like that they would have the ways and the means um and even some i think what's really interesting is people that know and knew james burke in the way that 
they, you know, that that's what you really have to hear is when you hear the way people describe him and it, it already is just like, wow, you know, and even pictures, I couldn't look this guy in the face. There was just something off. There's just something gross and off. And you see the way, you know, you see in these older videos of the way he's being praised by other officers. And you're just, I just get this sinking feeling. I just kept getting this sinking feeling deep within my stomach, just wanting to vomit, knowing deep down how sick this individual is. Even, even if I'm wrong about the murders, this was a sick fucking guy. And he did a lot of fucked up shit as, as a sworn officer of the law and someone who's supposed to protect and body, body, all that bullshit. Um, you know, and again, it's not one bad apple. It's the whole fucking bunch that's rotten. So, you know. If you um, get a box of chocolates and one of those chocolates have shit in it, aren't you going to be leery of the whole box? And I'll leave that there. Take what you want with that. Like it. You're welcome. Thanks, Thank TikTok. You. <laughs> so anyway guys um we tried to keep it light these always get heavy these serial killer episodes are never fucking easy for us to do this is why we did not want to be solely a true crime podcast because it just it drains you it drains you it lives with you these are real people these people had families there are what's the worst about this one is it's unsolved yeah and a lot of the bodies are unidentified so there's families out there that know their child is dead but have no resolution as to who did it or people out there that have relatives missing and there's a body laying in a cold laying on a cold slab that's their family member that they don't even know and both instances are, are just fucking terrible so this was a really interesting one, even though we know it was hard. And if you guys didn't know a lot of the details, we hope we were able to bring it to light. Um, I always say, I always hate to say at the end of these, hope you enjoyed it. Because there was literally nothing enjoyable. Um, but, <laughs> except for, there's a place on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> except that now every time you watch anything about Amityville and it says Ocean Avenue, that Stay song's pop in your head and then you're going to be like, great. Um, but no, we hope we at least tried to make it light because these are always dark and of course, but, um, again, prayers and condolences to the families and, um, the victims are always in our hearts of any of these cases because these are real people. Um, and again, you know, this is an ongoing and active case. So, they say it at the end of that documentary and we're going to say it here. If you live in that area, if you happen to know anything about this, if you're a listener um, and you have literally any information, it's G I L G O N E W S.com Gil news.com. If you have any, any, any tips regarding the investigation, again, this is still an ongoing case until this is solved, there are a lot of families that are going to be grieving for lifetimes. I mean, you always grieve when you lose someone, but I just feel like it's when you know they're dead, but you don't know who did it, or you know they're gone and you don't know where they are, and you don't know that they're dead, or you do know, but there's no body. At re there's no it's closure. Just, yeah, there's, <clears throat> there you go. Grief will always be there, 
but when there's no closure, that grief is, <sighs> yeah. It's harder to deal with it when you don't know. Yeah. Harder to deal with your grief. I mean, it's hard enough to deal with it when you know, but it's hard, hard, harder, harder when, when you there's don't. no closure. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. next week's going to be a lot more fun. A lot more. I love the cryptid <laughs> episodes. I love them. Even because this one's, I think, bullshit, but still fun. <laughs> it's a dog with very it's terrible... I've it? seen mange? so mange. I've seen so many YouTube videos, documentaries. I've seen so many. I always end up falling down the rabbit hole when I'm bored with this topic. Of so. Course. We sure you guys are too. We sure you guys have. And maybe there are some out there that do believe, but I don't. Uh, I believe in most cryptids. But this is the chupacabra. I don't believe uh, The vampire canine of Mexico. Uh, this is, in my opinion, one of the most popular ones. Everybody knows about it. Most people have heard <laughs> about it. I was uh, like, nobody knows. It's out there. There's so many. There's just, like I said, if you, you can fall down a rabbit hole on YouTube and find so many things, but I don't buy it, but I want to talk about it because it's fun. We got to have a fun one, I, this especially is, this after we is, do these. So. This is one of the cryptids I don't believe in either, but you know. No. You got to. No, but we got to talk about it. But you got to. It's a popular one and you everybody gotta. knows about it. We got to talk about it. Because I'm sure if we didn't, somebody would be like, hey, you guys did talk about the chupacabra. Is that how they're going to say it? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day where this girl goes, when my boyfriend thinks I'm cheating, what my boyfriend thinks I'm doing, and then it's like cheating on him, and what I'm actually doing, and she puts on a blonde wig and puts on like a headset and goes, hey now, hey now, this is what <laughs> And I was like, called out <laughs> the lizzie mcguire wow. movie no i know i knew no <laughs> I, I knew know. but i was just like Somewhere. just tell him you're cheating don't <laughs> what are you doing in there drugs 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 Okay, guys, so you know the routine. We have socials. Don't fuck with the original Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's still don't fuck with the original right now. I really got to get on that. I'm sorry. It's been... I know. It's we been... told you guys. We're... Yeah, look, it's been a week. It's been a time. It's, it's been, been a everything. Year. It's been a everything. Not that everything's been bad. It's just there's a lot to handle right 2020 now. 2020 was a void, and 2021 is like we are trying to get out of the void. Yes. So we're, we're still climbing. So there's a lot. And there's a lot to unpack. There's just a lot. But it, a lot. at some point, we will be DFWTO everywhere. But for now, it's still Duff toe. The woof toe. But for now. <laughs> just for now. Um, And then, you know, the email is DFWTO8493 at gmail.com if you just want to say hey or send a message. Um, And we are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And Podbean, all the fun stuff. Leave a review, follow us, subscribe, so you know. It when always you helps windows. when you leave. I just said Windows. When you drop, when we drop the new Windows, don't drop Windows. Um, when you rate and review on Spotify and iTunes, it is a huge, huge, huge help. So get Spotify, get iTunes, and follow us <laughs> and do the things. Do the things. 
Spotify is not that fucking expensive. Just get Spotify Premium. Don't be cheap. The ads are stupid and just get Spotify. Premium. It's actually worth it though. Spotify it is so Premium is it. one of just, my favorite things just that I have. Get it. It's so. worth it. All right, guys. Well, we see you next week for the Chupacabra. Be safe. Be awesome. Be your total awesome selves and get vaccinated or wear a mask. I don't just do it. Don't get me on my soapbox. But I said it. That's right. I said what I said. <laughs> she said it. Kevin. Becky. <laughs> stop being a Kevin. Stop being a Kevin. 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 Kevin, stop being a Kevin. That video. I fucking swear to God. Okay, guys. We'll have you have it. We'll have it. You ever like put a hot pocket in your mouth? And you're like, and you're like. Oh wait, what's the what's the meme? Do you poop 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 your food or do you hop up? If you don't have to we can't be friends. I, I always It's because I'm a fucking pig and I want it in my mouth as soon as fucking possible. Bitch, I bit my mouth bit. I said bit. I burnt my mouth on miso soup the other day and my tongue. Miso me so horny. I'm sorry, that's so awful and racist. I'm sorry. We're going to hell. It's the movie's fault. It is the movie. Um, I burnt my tongue on miso soup, and literally for like three days, my tongue was fucked. I was hungry. Why do you think if you blow hot air from the back of your throat when it's in your mouth is going to help too? But question: I don't. Have you ever taken a spoonful of ice cream and blown on it? (laughs) Because I have. I picked up, listen. I have literally never done that in my life. Well, good for you. So I I did a spoonful of ice cream and I went to take a bite of it and I think I was distracted. I was talking to somebody and I went. (laughs) And they were looking at me and I was looking at them and they said, did you just blow? And I'm like, shh. I wanted to warm it up. Leave it out in the sun. And I could do it in a mud. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, guys. Okay, we're done. okay, bye. We're done. Fucking Christ. We're done. And well, I can do it in a mud. Who blows on their ice cream?